solidarity flights into Iraq in recent weeks have been criticized by a British government minister, Peter Hayne. He said friends of the Iraqi people would do better to support United Nations moves to suspend sanctions. here permaculture perspectives here's some of my birds talking another day on planet earth rocketing around the sun you know I often think it's so amazing to realize we're on a planet in outer space right now this planet is circling a sun that takes up 99.6% of the Earth's solar system is made up of the sun. And the Earth is traveling 67,000 miles per hour in outer space right now around the sun. It is spinning 1,000 miles per hour east at the equator. Our sun is traveling at over 237,000 kilometers an hour around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. This is a dynamic system. And as I walk around outside here in the Center for Bioregional Living, looking at a pawpaw tree we planted two years ago growing here next to a small stream that we created, with an excavator at the edge of a wetland where there was no waterway before. And I look at these apple trees and blueberries and coppicing willows that we've been tending to, and I realize that this earth is a constantly changing, constantly morphing and adapting 
phenomenon that expands and contracts and radiates in manners that we can barely keep track of, so we should just jump on the magic carpet ride and enjoy the dance rather than trying to keep track of it. And this is why I really can't get on board with the carbon reductionists, the carbon climate change scaremongering that's going on, because the reality is carbon is something that these plants soak up every single day and use to grow more of themselves. And it is not when we ingest it in a plant ever hazardous to our health. Whereas when a coal burning power plant creates lead and mercury from burning the coal and releases that out of its smokestack and it collects in the soil, if I eat that plant that lived on that soil, I will have problems with my brain development, with my metabolism, and all of my offspring will be set back from that. And so this is why I say I am far more concerned, far more concerned about lead, mercury, radioactive waste than I ever could be about carbon. And where the carbon fear-mongering leads to? You know, as a long-time water activist, it does not lead to corporate accountability, enforcing the Clean Water Act, enforcing the Clean Air Act. And do you know that if the Clean Air Act were actually enforced in the Northeastern Corridor, where there's 120 million people living, we would save 4,000 people a year this is homicide at the hands of the corporate sector that they never have to do time or pay the tab on, much less pick up the cleanup of the toxic waste sites that they've left behind. 12,226, by the way, across the country. And this is why I am saying carbon, carbon, carbon is not the issue. Radioactive waste, radioactive waste, lead, mercury, and all carcinogens, teratogens, mutagens, and endocrine disruptors. That's the issue. And we will shut that down with permaculture all around by growing the fuel stocks that we need to replace the lead, mercury, radioactive waste spewing monstrosities of the industrial infrastructure. And they will, of course, do a superior job of drinking up any excess carbon. All the excess carbon, by the way, in order to help you be a little more literate in which carbon should we be concerned about, it's the carbon that comes from oil, coal, and all the reserves that were actually geologically stored within the earth, like natural gas. These are the sources of carbon, which is the least of the things that they admit that we should be concerned of. But if we are just myopically, reductionistly focused on this thing about carbon, then the reality is that, in fact, carbon that needs to be sequestered is carbon that comes from geologic reserves, not 
carbon that comes from plant materials that are growing at present on the Earth's surface. Nor the metabolic processes of living systems on the Earth, creating an imbalance in the Earth's atmospheric metabolism, the imbalance, the excess, the inordinate input is only from mined, extracted, refined, geologically stored reserves of carbon, polychlorinated biphenyls, DDT, dibenzofurans. These are the things that really concern me. And still they say, if you live within a quarter mile of the Hudson River, you live within a quarter mile of the Hudson River, how many people do you think that is? We're talking about millions of people. So if you live within a quarter mile, you're more likely to get cancer. What are you going to get cancer from? An airborne polychlorinated biphenyl aerosol that's been discovered to be coming from the sediment in the Hudson, which General Electric, General Electric, get this, they spent more money on propagandizing not cleaning up the Hudson because the sediments were going to supposedly get stirred up and then make PCBs worse, all of which was bogus science. They spent more money propagandizing that than it would have cost them to clean it up. And here we are now in the Hudson River Valley in another class action suit against General Electric, who, oh, they supplied jobs in Schenectady. Big deal. You contaminated hundreds of miles of one of the most pristine ecologies on the planet for the next several generations in order to get one generation a few jobs for a few decades. This is a monstrosity of an economic plan and way more of a concern and an issue than carbon. Thanks for listening. I have more to share with you. So the reason why this whole climate change and carbon issue is something that I'd like to really have some more extensive conversations about is because it seems to be leading to something that I have a lot of concerns about. And let me really articulate this and take the time that it warrants to explain where these concerns come from and why I think they are worth your understanding. So really, one of the things that seems to be coming out of the climate change carbon concern framework is a focus on technological devices and solutions. And I've noticed that this seems to be in part coming from the way this topic is a single issue topic, single issue topic, and that single issue topic, and that seems to be very much the way the industrial culture understands the world. But let me suggest that single issue thinking is flawed. And ultimately, it shows the weakness of the climate rhetoric. And in fact, well, I would suggest to you many, many very well-intended people with high personal integrity have stuck their flag in the ground of climate change as a major topic that they're weighing in on. 
However, it is my view on this that it's being used by the corporate sector as a green obfuscation agenda, a way to avoid public attention being put on topics that are far more volatile and expensive for them. By them, I mean General Electric, I mean Westinghouse, I mean Monsanto, I mean RJR Nabisco, I mean all the Fortune 500 corporations who often will have up to 20 lobbyists per legislature in our governmental body to manipulate it. Those entities own the media and manipulate the topics that public attention is swiveled to. And it's interesting that climate change and carbon issues have been allowed, even given often a headline news attention, which says to me that it fits conveniently into their agenda. And what you will find is not given attention, headline news or otherwise, is the fact that we've been in chronic, never once in this country, been in what in legal jargon we call compliance with even what many analysts would call very mediocre environmental laws. We've never once in this country managed to get up to speed with what the Clean Air Act in 1964, which then they watered it down in 1968, then they watered it down again in 1974, then they watered it down again in 1978, and we still haven't been able to make the air in this country clean enough so that it won't kill 4,000 people a year, as I mentioned earlier, in the Northeastern Corridor, according to the NIH. So what I'm suggesting is that climate change leads to this technology tendency in the solutions because it is a topic that is promulgated by the people who make money off of selling technologies. Ultimately, the issue is corporate accountability, no more toxification of the planet, enforcing that through the beginning methods of making the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act stick, and ultimately moving to a marketplace that does not allow carcinogens, mutagens, teratogens and endocrine disruptors, as William McDonough articulates so clearly. And I think that we will find that the real answers to our conundrums lie in evolution, life on Earth, and partnering with it more, partnering with it more deeply and intimately by how it is that our livelihoods are supported. Where do the materials come from, the energy sources, the raw feedstocks? that we make into added value and beneficial materials for our communities. This is the nature of an economy, and surely we can transition our economy to be more carbon-based and less petrochemical-based. And a carbon-based economy is actually a beneficial direction to take the evolution of our stewardship of the Earth. And recognizing that Life is a earthbound, cellular, biological, geological, and solar phenomenon. 
that really most of the diversity and complexity, which is what we want to bring back into existence on this planet by allowing ecosystems to become mature over many generations, this is the context in which speciation has occurred primarily by symbiogenesis at a microbiological scale, whole genomes being integrated into our entire microorganism. Out of this thermodynamic drive to evolve ever more effective ways to reduce energy and, and the froth of oceanic origins arose our primate ancestors in the equatorial ring belt of Africa, where there are 116 inches of rain a year, many, many insects, poisonous snakes, leopards, and where we, for more of our existence, have been prey than predator. And it is important to recognize that we come from the earth, we belong to the earth, and our real destiny lies in connecting with the web of life that brought us here. And by doing this through growing more trees that we put under in perpetuity protection so that they can become old growth forests again for future generations to inherit. And I've been suggesting that trees are superior to photovoltaic panels at a fundamental level of thinking about what are the new fuel stocks, feed stocks, and ways for our economy to shift from its dependence upon mined, extracted, and refined materials and begin to find a real robust substitute that could step in. And we'll find that in temperate ecologies with a good rainfall and the proper geology and slope that trees absolutely are going to be one of the primary foundations of the new economy. <clears throat> Far more so than photovoltaic panels. And let me just have a fun little reductionist romp here comparing the two for you. So to make a solar panel, we have to mine extract and refine rare minerals, trace elements, manufacture them in a laboratory, and then ship them and hook them up to wires that have to be mined, extracted, and refined, and then made and manufactured and shipped to a site, where then perhaps they go to an inverter, which also is a highly complex device made from mined, extracted, refined, and manufactured materials, all of which create hazardous byproducts, hazardous and toxic pollution streams where the mine is, where the extraction is happening, where the refining is happening. We're talking about Superfund sites, brownfields, human casualties and deaths in the workplace in the tune of millions annually. So these are the costs of just making any product that is an industrial product, a photovoltaic panel, a car, a battery, a dehumidifier, what have you, right? So we want to sparingly use these devices, not to the exclusion and to utterly remove them, but to be very skeptical of the tendency to jump to them as a solution 
for our energy issues and to be holding up higher in our mind's eye our respect for the role of all of the plant life and animal life on this planet and all the work that our ancestors have done. You know, they spent thousands of years domesticating animals who do amazingly complex things that before our ancestors bred them to be so diverse and so capable of so many different things. Hauling wood, providing milk, being sweet playmates for our children. All these amazing things that animals can do. 53 species that have been domesticated throughout human history. And we somehow think that somehow a tractor or a electric car or a photovoltaic panel is superior to a draft animal or a dairy cow or a nut tree. And I think you can start to get the gist of what I'm driving at just by thinking about those different materials and the difference between them and realizing how foolish that is. Completely absurd that we have come to a place in terms of our thinking where we imagine that a product that is made in a factory that requires mining, extraction, refining, and often the continued and daily use of non-renewable fossil fuels, that this in some way would be comparable to something that is just born naturally, drinks water, eats plants that grow on the Earth's surface naturally, requires no tractors, requires no factories, requires no mines, and provides you with beautiful company, makes your life easier, and it's where your butter comes from. Didn't get better than that. <laughs> so what I'm saying here is that we need to appreciate the wonder of nature again, the complexity, the powerhouse that is at our fingertips in the form of plants and animals that inhabit this world with us, and the powerhouse of unseen dimensions that are occupied by microbes, a microbiological complexity, and by honoring these microscopic realms and macroscopic realms and beginning to repopulate them, with biological beings that we allow to flourish over many generations in cooperation with us is where the true path to prosperity lies. It does not lie in an abundance of products that have been manufactured that require large-scale contamination legacies that will be there for many generations to come. When you can use a tree to heat your home, when you can use a tree to power your lights when you can use a tree to ultimately be what it is that most of your fuel needs come from by just cutting it down, burning it, and returning to the Earth's atmosphere the carbon that the tree had absorbed in its lifetime. You are talking about an inherently, by many manifold layers, more ecologically restorative way to live than if you take a mined, extracted, refined photovoltaic panel, mount it on your roof, grid tie it, and put in baseboard electric heat, and imagine that what you're doing is in some way ecological because you're not burning anything.
problem with that is that you are, you're burning coal, you're burning radioactive fuel, and that is being sent through the power lines to your house because the PV panels on your roof that are grid tied do nothing for your home system. They go straight from your house to the grid, and your house is still receiving the energy and the support of the entire centralized grid of the Northeast, which is ultimately powered by non-renewable toxic polluting fuels. So while I do believe that there are appropriate uses for photovoltaic panels, to be clear about the comparison I'm making today, it is one of trees to PV. And my point here is to say that at the most fundamental foundational level, trees are superior to photovoltaic and solar power. And this has to do with the fact that they grow from a seed, they take rain, and they take solar flux, and they create more of themselves. They require no diesel fuel, no continued import of a grid. They require no factory, no manufacturing to be created. And they provide a renewable yield that we can be using to make our lives more comfortable and more natural. So thank you for listening. And I look forward to further conversations about the paths forward, the ways to disentangle ourselves collectively from the web of deceit of the military-industrial model of growth and fear-based economies into a restorative, people-based way for us to all live together on this earth. Thank <laughs> you.